From Flow, I'm your host, Gabe Roden. About a year ago, I had the opportunity to sit down and talk with three people who totally changed my perspective on an issue that has grappled my local community and the United States alike. It's something that I thought I understood, but it wasn't until I sat down and listened to the stories of those who have actually experienced it firsthand, the ones who have walked a mile in those shoes, per se, that I truly saw it in a different light, a light that wasn't being shown by media or the city council. And that issue is homelessness. I can remember my first story as a student journalist that I ever wrote. I was a transfer junior to a new university under a new degree, under a new everything. And I had volunteered to write a story for my university's student newspaper. This ragtag team of other student journalists and PRs and some students not even pursuing a degree in communications. And there I was, the new guy, who thought, you know, I know what this city needs. I've got the solution. I'm not looking at this issue through rose-tinted glasses. I was going to save the day. Very selfish ambitions for a young professional that luckily never came to fruition. But somehow, I got the gig. And I was going to interview the mayor of the city about homelessness. I chose homelessness because it was an issue that was present to me as soon as I moved to Florence. It was also an issue that has always been close to me. So there I was, a junior, sitting in the office of the mayor. Never had written a published story or article before. I walked in, shook his hand, And he asked me to sit down. And we talked for a good 30, 45 minutes about that very thing, homelessness. We talked about these preconceived notions, the misconceptions, and some rumors that had been floating around. And after I got up, shook his hand, thanked him, walked out of his office, got home, sat at my computer, and began writing. Two weeks later, a story is published. I think it was somewhere in the middle. It wasn't front page. The big, bold title. Facing the stigma of homelessness in Florence. I was never good at titles. And towards the end, I get to the part where I sat down with Mayor Holt, who at the time had been mayor for three years. He had stirred up quite the reputation for himself, controversy and the like. 
And as I read this story, even today, there's one quote that still sticks out like a sore thumb among the story of other filler quotes that I did as a young journalist. Florence has got the reputation, he said. It's on the list of being a homeless, friendly city. A homeless, friendly city. What's wrong with being friendly? That's the executive editor of Flow, Audrey Johnson. Uh, Chris? Uh, Christopher John Bauer, B-O-W-E-R. Chris is sitting in the back room of the Sunshine Center in Sheffield, Alabama, a facility that offers resources to the local homeless. He wears a green T-shirt that has a Labrador puppy on it. He drinks milk from an eight-ounce carton. He describes himself as 41 years young. Because of COVID, he lost his job, and that quickly escalated into other consequences. I lost my job and I lost my home, all in like a three-day span. And then what did you do? I just started sleeping on the streets. I had a car at the time, but I lost my car too. How did you lose your car? I couldn't make the payments. So where would you sleep, like in Florence? Sometimes abandoned houses, but not too much because you get in trouble and you go to jail for that one. Audrey is sitting right across from Chris, and I'm further behind, taking photos and recording video. This was the first time that I'd ever sat down and had the opportunity to hear the story of homelessness from someone who was actually experiencing it. It sounds simple. It sounds like the obvious thing to do. But at the time, it was something so new. And sure, I'd had small talk with the local homeless residents in my hometown from time to time, handed them a few bucks and went on my way. But I never asked for their name. I never knew how old they were. I certainly didn't know their story. I don't think they like us. They don't think people should have hard times or fall down or need help. Like, you know, it's the first time I've ever been homeless. Like, so it's my first time of, like, experiencing this. So, yeah, I don't think they want homeless people. Back when I interviewed Mayor Holt, he had said that he believed that the mechanisms were in place to provide help for those who wanted it. Of these mechanisms, Florence boasts five downtown that I can count. Five outreach centers, food pantries, places for the homeless to come and take shelter when it's below freezing outside. But of these five, one in particular has caught a lot of traction, especially with the city council, and especially when Mayor Holt was in office.
Has the population of homeless in the area increased? Yes, I think the data has proven that it has increased. That's Betsy Heckert. She was once a board member at Room at the Inn, but has since transferred to an advisory position. For a short while last year, the talk of the town and of the local area was this legal battle going on between Room at the Inn and the city of Florence. Everyone, the leadership, the citizens, wants Florence to, and the Shoals to thrive, to be, you know, it's amazing, unique, incredible place to live and continue to succeed. With that type of growth comes desired and undesirable growth. The Room the Inn wanted to open a new facility called Room at the Table, where they would feed those in our community who are food insecure. The city council didn't like this at all. The hardest thing that I've experienced with the city is there we're getting a hard no, but no real reason why. Or they say, you can't because of this, but then there were offered no other avenue, no chances for change, no feedback on how we can evolve, what we can do differently in order to satisfy whatever the needs would be for us simply to continue serving the homeless and hungry in the area. You also have to understand that when you're talking about the food insecure, the people, the families, the elderly, the single moms, the single dads, the you know people who are just struggling to get by and at the end of the month they truly don't have enough money to feed themselves or feed their families, that existed well before any sort of room in the inn, room at the table establishment. Betsy thinks the problem stems not from the foundations of homelessness or those who are food insecure, but how the city defines those two people groups. Because both are different, and both make up different parts of the population. And it was only something like 10 or 15 percent of, you know, a dinner of that averaged 40 to 80 people every single night um, were actual members of the homeless population. The problem that the city council had with room at the table stemmed from the way they viewed their senior citizens, single moms and single dads, those living paycheck to paycheck, the citizens in their own community who couldn't afford to make a run to the grocery store go through a fast food drive-through. They're reviewing those people the same way they view their homeless residents. And the bias was crystal clear. I, I remember being in a conversation with some of the city leadership and, and they said, you know, how do we how do we get rid of this population? That's Krista Manchester, executive director at the Room of the Inn, the Shoals. Yeah, and, and it was suggested that I bought them all a bus ticket and send them somewhere. You know, and I said, where would they go? You know, they're from here. And so it was. It'd been an event center. It was right in that radius. Well, great, this works. You know, lease the building, and that's when all hell broke loose. 
We had signed a lease with the building space on Wood Avenue for a room at the table. And after filling out the lease and making the deposit on the utilities of the new building on Northwood Avenue, both Krista and Betsy thought everything was going well and exactly the way they should. But in Florence, the problem is not the homeless population. The problem is not the facilities or the mechanisms. The problem is the reputation. I'm not sure of the man's title, but there is a, um, a man who works for the city. He was appointed by the then mayor, uh, Mayor Holt. He is the man who interprets city of occupancy applications and determines whether they satisfy the needs for those permits for occupancy. And he determined that we did not satisfy those needs. We reached out to him, we reached out to the mayor, we reached out to the city council. There had been this whole series of communications saying, you know, why didn't we not qualify, blah, 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 blah. Um, and we were just told over and over and over again, you're not an event, you're not an event, you're not an event. And we said, well, what are we? And they said, well, you don't qualify for anything within the city limits. The unfortunate truth is that the story of the room at the inn, the room at the table, is just another chapter in this country's history of using political tools to discriminate against minorities, people they don't agree with, or people that scare them because they're different. It's not the mechanisms. It's not rooted in the way the community feels. And it's certainly not rooted in the way that the homeless residents feel themselves. Um, we started an online petition because we felt like we wanted the city to understand that the community was behind this. This wasn't just Krista and the homeless people, you know, this was, we had 13,000 people sign a petition um, saying they supported, you know, us being able to allow to use that space. 2010, the Washington Post published an article entitled Five Myths About America's Homeless. And four of these five, I think, are still relevant today. Number one is homelessness is usually a long-term condition. When in reality, the most common length of time that someone is homeless is usually just one or two days. And half the people who enter any kind of shelter system will leave within 30 days and never return. And um, we got to the hearing, it was packed. We had over hundreds of people there. 33 people got up and spoke and said why it was important that Room the Table existed why it was good that we had it there, why we needed it in that five mile radius. And they didn't really ask us any other questions and then they voted and it was just no. We had, I think there's, there was one person who voted yes and everyone else voted no. Without really asking us any questions at all. Like, it feels like we never made our case. Number two um, is most homeless people have some severe mental illness. The Washington Post says that only 13 to 15% of the homeless population, including families and children, show any signs of any severe mental illness at all. And number three is homeless people don't work. And although dated, according to a 2002 study, about 45% of homeless adults had worked in the past 30 days. 
that being only 14 points lower than the employment rate at the time that this article was published. The reputation of homelessness and the stigma that they face is rooted and defined by preconceived notions, misconceptions, and these four myths, which I hope to tackle further in this series. We're still stuck, but we signed a lease. So we're in this lease paying for a building that we can't use and can't help people and, and room the table had to come to a halt. I'm aware of the fact that, you know, this is something. And so we did, we did go to an attorney. We had attorneys actually from all across the country reach out to us because it become such an issue on social media. We had AL.com and Alabama Public Radio reach out to us to do stories on it. And so we had attorneys very interested in this. And what's interesting is that the decision was made before we even got there. We knew that, I think, to a certain extent, but we were really, really hoping that because of the show of support and because of the petition, maybe we could have changed some minds, but I believe that the members of that committee or that board were being pressured in other ways. Reputation is written and hosted by myself, Gabe Roden. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a five-star review. To catch all the latest from me and the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at The Reputation Pod. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact me by email at thereputationpod at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you in two weeks.